This is the EPLOG audio experience. Namaste and hello. My name is Yashika and I'm the founder and CEO of Voice of Achievers from India. Voice of Achievers brings a hub of inspiring and seldom heard voices of entrepreneurs, professionals, creatives and almost all doers who've dared to walk a tough road. Diving deep into their personal journeys, Voice of Achievers traces their learning curve and shares instrumental lessons learned both personally and professionally. From heart-crushing disappointments to passionate resilience, listen to the stories of these achievers in their own voices. Learn what sacrifices they made, odds they dared, and how they found the inspiration to continue on the paths they chose. What happens when passion becomes profession? What's the secret behind a successful partnership, especially when a relationship is at stake? Our guests today are passionate, creative entrepreneurs and sister duo, Sujata and Tanya Biswas from Mumbai. Sujata and Tanya struck the golden thread, as they say, as soon as they realized the magic and power in their names. Their initials, which gave birth to a unique brand called Suta, an innate desire to excel as creative entrepreneurs and deep-rooted love for handloom saris worn by their grandmother, got them searching for handwoven around shops in villages and eventually gave birth to their passion project, Suta. The online retail store for handloom saris, blouses, tops and skirts. The online retail store is operated by the sisters turned business partners from their headquarters in Mumbai. The best part, the girls address themselves as Su and Ta respectively and the difference between their voices, well, you cannot tell. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Yashika. Hi, Yashika. Thanks for having us. Firstly, Sujata and Danya, take us through how the love for handlooms gradually became a full-time business. So the love for handloom started, I guess, when we were born because uh, we loved the warmth and the the fabric, the feel of handloom. We always preferred wearing uh, what my mother made for us. She used to stitch for us using handmade fabric and would wear those hand handwoven fabrics, yeah. dresses to school. Especially mm-hmm. in summer vacations when we used to go to our uh, grandmother's house, uh, she would always uh, dry those uh, saris she would wear and mm-hmm. she would just make, I don't know what powder she used, but it used to smell amazing. So somehow... Mm-hmm. When we used to play hide and seek behind that, that smell, the feel, the warmth, uh, it'll be dried in the garden. We'll be running around. Uh, the wind would be blowing the saris. The memory is so fresh. Um, so that's how, uh, that's when our love for handloom began. But when we started to work with it, I guess we fell in love with it more because we realized the effort that goes behind each and every meter of fabric that's uh, that's made. So uh, when we visited villages, we met those artisans who make and work around these. They are magical. They are just God It's phenomenal how much effort and love is put behind these. The, the fact that you mentioned that you do work with uh, artisans and villagers, it's great that you're empowering these weavers from India's art-rich villages. But when your business is primarily dependent on them, how is it that you plan to scale up? 
aren't you affected by dependencies so uh, it was not our idea that we would probably scale up grow big and acquire villages adopt them train them it was not that idea with which we started we thought we will we would be working with few villages and probably we will take the you know produce or whatever they make and we make it uh, reach the people who actually love handloom but we never thought this craze will become like so big and we would you know become like this explore business which which is you know which is which is magical but now when we think about it that are we are dependent on them it's truly it is beyond what thought it will be these people are extremely trustworthy first of all they are very humble and they are very dedicated to the work they do apart from the thing that you know rain and sun which obviously is not under our control like we need to dry those fabric and everything apart from that i guess once we train them well about the quality we need it has always been about like maintaining the quality and once we get that promised uh, output from them we don't think we will ever be restricted by you know the group of uh, people who are working yeah, for us yeah because they are very passionate towards their work even we are passionate and uh, when we work together i don't think there's much uh, to hold us back and uh, initially when we started visiting these villages in a lot of villages uh, the weavers started quitting their jobs because they were middlemen and uh, they get paid less yeah, yeah they used to get paid less the payments were not made Regular. on a timely basis so because of all these things they quit their jobs they they started doing mundane jobs and then uh, daily wage work yeah. wage earning works or probably you know joining some factory so if we can give them back their work don't know how many people we can empower this way but if we could then it's a win win situation for both of us yes yeah, of course it is i agree but again i'm going to reiterate passion trust humility uh, with these weavers is a great thing but then when you're looking at scaling up as a business how do you work with with such dependencies so so we started we would we, we started with 10 people in one village and now that particular village we have reached about 80 people and similarly we have replicated that model in two more villages and slowly we are also reaching different uh, states yeah i know there will be one at one point we might get pulled back probably if there is some calamity or something happening we might get affected because it's not like machine which will keep producing and running uh, say that you've replicated the same model across different cities is there a standard yes. model that you follow for these yes we do thoroughly first is train, training them on the quality is the co- kind of thread we use is one thing the input can be controlled but then the process around it of how the thread has to be treated how much drying the color matching and everything is it goes through a standard and after that we ha- we always set up an office close to the weaving uh, uh, so basically near the looms we have we have an office where once the product reaches we get them checked uh, so once the checking happens all the sarees get washed we check the color that way and they are ironed and packed and sent to us so each and every saree goes through the same process and that's how we ensure uh, quality so what i take from this is that there is a standard operating process an sop for yes yes it we is we follow it we, we do follow it very very strict and all the sarees that uh, that uh, the suta queens receive they smell in a certain way yeah. and very well known for that and uh, that's <laughs> yeah that's the i one of the us survey <laughs> and also because uh you know we make even the uh, family of the weavers work so basically the weaver who's making it uh, the checking team might have their mother there in the checking team you know that way the community entire community is engaged in that even the tassels the the stickers of suta which we put in the sarees 
um mm-hmm. the blouses we stitch the entire family is involved so that's how we we you know we grow so more and more people in a particular village are getting empowered mostly the wives daughters and Mother. mothers so they are all empowered because earlier we didn't actually start thinking that we would work with everyone magically it just happened and yeah, uh, slowly slowly we just yeah, uh, yeah. Them in the interesting but then when you say you're working with a community and their family members how then do you ensure seamless workflow um so what we have done is we initially start we start with three or four weavers in a particular area and then we assign a manager we train him really well okay and uh, that person again there's a hierarchy over there okay. in that office which ensures that everything is in place we visit whenever we can um which is not very often once and the entire are... thing is set up but initially when we are developing a village then we uh, village as the weavers team we visit frequently and make sure everything falls in place perfect you mentioned suta queens that is your customers i believe yeah. now yes. the yeah. indian saree is a symbol of tradition with with very restricted use for the modern women you girls want to redefine wearing the saree as an outfit that is one informal and two embraced by younger women in such a scenario as an entrepreneur you're first looking at creating an awareness then creating a market and then trying to sell a uh, sort of true because when we started i don't think people had so much option as well to wear uh, sarees so casually mm-hmm. because you know if we ever hunt our mothers cupboards we would always find little heavy banarasi or some probably kotas and cottons but then mostly starched cotton sarees so uh, you know that option of wearing cotton so easily and you know that option was not there so when when we entered um i guess we uh, first make people aware that you know handloom is is soft is uh, body hugging it is uh, non judging because they the saree doesn't judge your body it just takes the shape of your body the you know that uh, the fact that it it is you're thinking that it's cumbersome is uh, that because we want we do we want people to get rid of the notion that it is tiring to wear a sari and you cannot do certain activity wearing a sari which is not true actually yeah so we initially started creating a little mm-hmm, awareness exactly. also that uh, that you didn't don't need an occasion to mm-hmm. wear it uh, you can wear it for dinners uh, yeah, for, for a movie, movie. yeah yeah for, for any any uh, occasion because uh, so a lot of times i feel bloated Mm-hmm. and i don't think that you know i would wear a tight jeans or a dress uh, because probably it'll be you know very uncomfortable the mm-hmm. entire day if mm-hmm. i wear it yeah, but picking up a saree just solves the problem then and there so you know it, there's mm-hmm. a lot of apprehension also it was there because you know earlier people used to match blouses with it it has to be like proper uh, uh, petticoat has to go underneath but then say we tried to become a one stop mm-hmm. shop by telling that you can also wear crop tops and you know like skirts underneath just plain skirts or even pants so things like that and, and there is this a community of people out there who are also trying to preach it it's not just we but then there are a lot of, of sari wearers who are trying to and, yeah and, so it's and, amazing you know uh, with suta there was there were a lot of sari enthusiasts that was born with with us and so that's why we are uh, we are a very big family right now it's not even a customer base we don't call it because we i i feel they are a part of family of course of course but then again i'm going to probe a little bit here since you're in a metropolitan yeah. city it can't get more metropolitan than mumbai here you've create an awareness and then create a market isn't that cumbersome to sell because 
this is your full time business yeah so we we started doing it parallelly you know and there were a lot of sari just uh, uh, and in fact what happened was the sari that we sell we wanted to buy it ourselves when we were in corporate jobs which we could not find i think there were a lot of people like us like minded people who were looking for uh, things like this so they also started uh, you know their own uh, It, it was like a word of mouth thing that happened for us. It was organic. Yeah, we didn't do marketing for a long, long time. We for around two years, we did not so do any kind of marketing. So we started in two thousand sixteen. We started doing marketing. I think very, very recently, mm. a few months back. And till then, we were just growing organically because we knew there was a inner need which was not innate need which was not even mm. spoken about. people would have this need of wearing a sari but they would just not get it right and so, even here if you walk into a brick and mortar store you would not find a malmal sari the made in heaven sari that we call that is the the favorite <laughs> section of ours uh, you would not find a sari even close to this and yeah. that to a hand woven one no i could not find any so so i think it was like uh, it was just someone had to just present it in the market and it would just fly it was it was that situation and uh, we just were lucky that we were yeah, present so, yeah so it it just so happened that we found it found uh, many like minded people mm. like us uh, so what we loved we made and many people appreciated so yeah even young girls for that matter right young girls wearing that for farewell for the 10th standard farewell it's like it's such a uh, such a pride, proud thing for me to think about mm-hmm. that even young girls finding sari so wearable and wearing it for their functions which is um, which is very nice yeah it's very heart touching and we love seeing the pictures a lot of course of course it is pretty evident considering what follows you <laughs> but i'm going to look at the statistics how has suta been performing statistically do you think that there, there is a future suta i mean is this is a long term passion project um, absolutely actually um, we were actually very surprised to see that we grew so fast and uh, um, given that the volume which we are getting so basically mm-hmm. i'm talking about the supply part initially mm-hmm. we were scared that demand is very very high compared to the supply but uh, thankfully the supply has matched the demand now and we are really surprised mm-hmm. to say that uh, we have grown like three times four times every year um which is uh, which we see it's it's very important for us now to be very very consistent in what we do because you know this is a time when really startups sometimes just you know over uh, over promise <laughs> yeah and, and not deliver also. and yeah. uh, there's so many uh, startups which have vanished from the market and you know by just getting investors money uh, i'm not saying lo- all of them but getting investors money and growing big suddenly growing faster that is not what we are looking at at yeah, all we, we, will... we are here to stay we just want uh, to touch as many lives as possible because considering you know how much ever how much ever uh, okay sure it might sound that you know we try to we're trying to empower women but we really really are very very happy when we go to these villages and see these women mm-hmm. are so happy told me that you know with the money i earned i bought a bike for my son So it's such a big thing for them. So um, <laughs> when we see that, we know that we are here to stay. We are not going to be just promising things and just earn money and get out of the market. We have been profitable since day one when we started. <laughs> yeah, and uh, though it is a minimum margin which we have, that's why our prices are uh, always spoken we, to very we, low. Yeah, so we always uh, want that it should be that way. It should be affordable. Yeah, uh, young girl. Uh, yeah, we try to make the model very agile when we don't really invest a lot in things and. try to make mark up the prices we do not want to do that and that's how we don't have a store now and uh, so having a store in a Cost promising locality, yeah. Uh, yeah place 
uh, would again increase uh, a lot of costs sure. and i think that that will be really difficult so for... that's why i think online works very well for us because mm-hmm. it is one a place where you know the prices can be the variable cost yeah. yeah variable cost can be controlled uh, even the the prices which people pay for the rentals and everything in bombay which is unimaginable <laughs> uh, yeah we try to keep it uh, low that way and we try to be here as long as we can very interesting uh coming to the fun bit and the most interesting bit i feel your sisters and yeah. your partners tell us what it takes to find that sweet spot where one can draw the line between personal and professional relationships <laughs> you know every a friend i have they always ask about you know because our personalities are a little different uh we are not the same kind of people if you meet us Mm-hmm. Uh, so they keep asking us like how do you manage work and you know uh, and also we live together with our husbands yeah uh, we have a live together with our husbands <laughs> and parents so it's kind of uh, interesting and to answer your question is we never have really drawn a line uh, for professional and personal uh, uh, business because you know what suta itself is very personal to both of us of course it is i mean you bought me <laughs> no but generally saying it is we never thought it as work so what what happens is we go for lunch together we are sitting we are watching tv with our parents and we are discussing work and then we are watching together then we again get up and say no let's just finish this we go for meetings we go out meet people come back again at home i have a little one with me so i just take care of him and again come back and start working we work throughout like day so night there is no time uh, that we have devoted as a personal time and professional time i just feels it, like it is, are... it is just mingled and it's just so suta is life and yeah it, uh, it feels so... like we're just living like, you know normal this no one if people ask when you go to office i'm like does it even matter like you know working from home working from office meeting people it just doesn't feel like work to be honest so it just sounds so, weird but yeah we can work suddenly at 10 pm just because we felt like doing something it just comes to our mind we sit working fair so, enough i mean like... i do get the good part about being <laughs> and work partners but i'm sure considering you guys have mentioned that you are both different personalities how does that work does doesn't that hamper relationships yeah i know i know what you're saying actually uh, we both are very different but somehow it's very weird that we have very similar choices so when it comes to that we do not really have too many arguments or you know clashes in our choices we make uh, be it business be it uh, design choices but personality wise for sure we are like <laughs> we are like poles apart we really really complement each other so if you when you see the interview when i stop and i just catches up you wouldn't even know who's starting or who's stopping but absolutely you, i but, cannot tell who is who and who's that right now <laughs> so you're talking to sue now so basically whenever we we talk or we go for a lot of uh, talks in colleges and schools even they complement each other so much that when i sometimes have a brain freeze i can you know take take on from there and it just works so seamlessly then even we haven't even discussed points to talk about so but when you ask questions we would be thinking exactly the same thing to talk so it's it's but really but what is what if there is a different point of view who gets the veto then so what we do is if if uh, for example if it's a design choice uh, or a color choice if she says a strong no then i just raise my hand saying that okay fine it's a no even yeah. if it's a yes from me because it rarely happens yeah but mostly we if we say no it's a no but then if one person says a no then also we 
we just say no because both of us have to say yes for any decision uh, for us to go ahead and, and it's very simple rule so we discuss for a bit but if it's not going anywhere we just stop it we don't but do i'll it. give you an interesting uh, side also mm. sometimes we do have an argument like a real real big argument sometimes it mm. could be it could be personal per even uh, professional but then we do have an argument we just go back step back we take few moments like if say one hour two hour we just don't talk and then we come back together get out and just finish it we have followed this rule since yeah, we were child yeah, yeah we my kids, our mother so. says that don't sleep without sorting an argument or, yeah so we have been know, following without that. not talking to each other so uh, in 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 life with any other person also in in and in our lives we strictly follow that rule and it has worked really in our favor so in with both of us also we do the same thing amazing uh, <laughs> lastly uh, tell us what achievement means to you achievement is when you see these families smiling and telling that you know thank you for starting suta and you know we have you have changed our lives it's unbelievable i can't even tell you you know we, we used to go to offices like doing our corporate chores no one would ever stop and ever say that thank you for what you're doing um mm. except for your boss someday but mm. then this is life changing it is the the gratitude what we feel the the love it's it's more than achievement i think we we cannot be happier than this talking to our viewers family and also uh, the team that we have in suta tachur mm-hmm. i know i think 80% of them are here to work with us for life um yeah, they, they won't look to... for anything else ever yeah it's like so, a tiny little family which we have the office staff and this huge community of and suta queens growing <laughs> quite fast and the family is growing bigger i think that is what is achievement for us yeah. touching as many lives as possible lovely thank you so much Su and Ta, Suta from Bombay. Lovely talking. Yeah, it was lovely speaking to you. Yeah, thank you so. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe to Voice of Achievers and share the link with your friends. Tune in for brand new episodes every Sunday at eleven a.m. Stay updated and stay connected by following us on Instagram at Voice of Achievers. You may also send us guest suggestions or topics that you'd like us to cover with our guests by writing to us. Send out an email to editor at voiceofachievers.com with your name followed by your suggestion. Trust me, we are listening and we cannot wait to share more such voices to empower you.